Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Hey, good to see you, church. Grab a seat. I want to say welcome to our online church. Thank you for being with us. Um, man, you're faithful. We love you. Uh, you're always there. A lot of you text me or uh, get word to me that you listen and stuff like that. So I want to thank you for that. Appreciate that so much. Good to see all of y'all in the house today as well. Uh, man, we are flying. Time is evaporating mid-September already, and we're rolling. So I hope you're off to a good start. Hey, we're in a series. If you join us for the very first time or jumping in online, you're not too late because we've only jumped in one one of the series, one message in the series. This is second uh, message in this series. And uh, I I simply, I titled the message today, Who? It's just who. W-H-O with a question mark, because we've got to establish who's present in this series. We're out of John chapter 15. Let me kind of set the table. Last week, we talked about pruning. What is pruning? I told you about my granddad living in South Texas, him pruning some trees. And so let me, let me help you back up a little bit. So when we talk about pruning, right, it's not a word we use a lot, but pruning is simply giving a tree a chance to become all that God wants the tree to be. All right, that's all it is. I'm looking at you, you're looking at me. You guys are beautiful live oaks, man. And I'm telling you, God wants to do a great work in your life. He wants to take individuals and, and watch them grow in Christ. He wants them to have the greatest chance to become all that he created them to be, okay? And that is pruning sometimes. And sometimes you have to prune a tree, okay, but let it become all that it needs to become, right? Because if you don't prune a tree, right, it can become a mess. We talked about it last week. A tree left to itself can become a mess. Can I just say something to you? Each one of us know people that you look at their lives and you're like, man, that brother needed somebody to come alongside of him and prune him, all right? Or he, is all, he has just been left to himself. Sometimes, man, a tree, an individual, or people, when they're left to themselves, they become a mess. In a marriage, if a marriage is left to itself, it can become a mess. That's why it's very, very important to get your marriage in the presence of God and along people who can rub on you as a couple and help you become all that God intended for you to become. Marriage is tough. You sure don't want to do it solo, man, all right? So John chapter 15 is the text for the series, all right? Um, I want you to go there with me. We're going to look at two verses today in the text. We're going to look at some more in the end. Um, You know me. I'm not going to just use two verses. That's as un-Jeff-like, okay? But two verses, John chapter 15, go there with me. We got to figure out who is present because we know that, that, that 
pruning is letting a tree become all that God wants it to be. And we know that a tree left by itself can become a mess. So who are the individuals involved? Who's present in John chapter 15? And we have to establish that today. So I want you to go to John chapter 15. Look at verse one, and then we're gonna jump to verse four. Verse one, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. All right, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Now jump to verse four. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can a branch bear fruit unless it remains in me, right? Then you say, well, man, Jeff just left off verse two and three, just skipped over it, probably not even nothing there. Oh, there's something there, that's next week, okay? We'll get on that next week, okay? Because next week, we'll look at two and three. Two and three is simply this, it's not a question. It's just not a question. People read it like a question, but it's not a question. So today, we wanna look at verse one and four because we've got to establish who is present in John 15. Because listen to me, as we get through this series, if you don't know who is here, you're not gonna get it. You've gotta understand who's present in this text, okay? And let me tell you who's present. Everyone is present in this text, okay? When I mean everyone, at creation, everyone was there. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all three present right here. We're gonna look at it today, all right? Verse one, the A part of that, the first part of that says this, I am the true vine. So who is that? Jesus. God the Son, Jesus, is the true vine, all right? There's no question about it. He, in this text, lays down, I am the true vine. Not, there's not another vine. I am the true vine. If you've ever been up in the mountains, whoo, I love the mountains, all right? This is a good time to go right now, all right? Because I'm telling you, the aspens, I don't know if y'all been in a while, but I bet you the aspens are starting to turn, all right? If you've looked at the aspen, you can be cruising in the mountains. As you make your way up in the mountains, you can see a bunch of pines. And then if you go this time of year, all of a sudden there's just gold that just jumps off, man. And you're like, wow, who in the world planted each one of those trees in that section? All right? It's like, I don't like pine trees anymore, and I'm gonna plant some of these trees. All right? But what's cool about aspens is this. Aspens will come up in that, and then they'll grow roots and vines, and sprouts, the sprouts will come up, and little sucker uh, trees will come up. And aspens are, you see aspens, and they just spread out and take up. It's just a colony of aspens. They've all come from the same vine. Do you realize that? So, so sometimes fire will happen in the mountains and you get a big old fire in the mountains and you can get these, these some of these aspens will get killed. They just, that fire will just destroy some of them. But it doesn't matter because in a few years, there's gonna be that same group come back better. Why? Because fire doesn't go below the ground, my friend. Those roots are safe down there. Sometimes the fire, the heat will run through those roots. But I'm going to tell you, those, 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 those roots of those aspens, they just keep sprouting stuff up. See, understand something. Jesus said, hey, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. You see, he's not saying here, you know, I'm just, I'm just some vine. 
I'm just one of many vines. I'm just a vine. I'm just this accidental vine. I'm just this random vine. Because I think sometimes in the world we think, wow, man, there's, there's many ways to God. What? There's no many ways to God. I, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And there's no way to my Father except through me. My question is, as you look around this world, you will see people chasing all kind of vines. They're trying to tap into the, to the performance vine, to the look good vine, to the dress right vine, to the in crowd vine, to the social vine, or right neighborhood vine, right car, right truck, right house, lots of toys, this, this, this. I mean, they're, 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 they got vines in all these different areas, and they're thinking, oh, I'm sure the world's going to make me happy. I'm sure the world's going to satisfy me. I'm sure the world's going to give me and sustain me and give me a hope and give me a future and give me a promise. I'll just got to tap into the world and just suck off that vine, and I'm going to be happy. Uh, they happy? They don't look happy to me. I see people all the time, I'm like, hmm, bless your heart, man. Bless your heart. You're out there busting your tail, running ragged, trying to do all the things that people say you need to do for happiness, and you're miserable. You ain't got no purpose, no hope. Have you met Jesus? Jesus is the one true vine. If you will connect to Jesus and let him put his life through you, in you, oh my gosh. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Mm. Nobody feel you like Jesus. Jesus said, I'll give you living water. You see what the one true vine does? It brings nourishment. What the one true vine does? It gives water. It's true water. It's living water. I promise you, folks, you can live without food. But you know what you can't live without? Water. Got to have water. You find water, you find life. I promise you. All right? I promise you. There are people out there today that don't understand the one true vine. The one true vine is Jesus. Jesus. If you're tapped into Jesus, then life flowing through you through the Holy Spirit of God, and you are living life out there. You, you've got a purpose. You have a hope. You have a future. You know who you are, and he sustains you. He feeds you. You don't have to worry about what the world's doing. You don't feed off the world. You don't need to be entertained by the world. It's fun out there. The world's got a lot to offer, but it's not my source of life. It's not my source of life. My life source is through Jesus the one true vine. He's not some random vine I just ran into. He's not some accidental vine. He's not a vine. He says, no, no, no. I'm the undisputed champion of the world. I am the one true vine. And you have to understand right now, man, if you don't understand what the vine is, who the vine is, if you think, oh, I just got to get me a vine, I'll be fine. No, you ain't got to get you a vine, all right? You get the wrong vine, it'll take you up, choke you out like a bad dog. I mean, you, you got to get the one true vine, amen? The one true vine. These people, out, people are trying so many different vines, and they just got to meet the one true vine, and it'll do a difference in their life. 
Second part is this. You establish real quick the vine. Who's the one true vine? God the Son, Jesus. He's the one true vine. Look at the second half of one. And my father, my father is the gardener. And my father is the gardener. Who is the father here? God the Father. God the Son is the vine. God the Father is the gardener. Now, let me, let me, let me help you with this. this. I did 18 years of student ministry, and when you teach John 15 to a bunch of students, and you say, well, uh, the Father is the gardener, all right, you know what a 15-year-old boy just thinks about? All right, that grandpa, he out there in the corn, he got his overalls on and his straw hat, and he got some pruning shears. That's a gardener. Somebody take him his walker so he can get to the next aisle where. I mean, did I say something to you? That is not the picture here. He's not some old man in overalls and a straw hat pruning his trees, okay? Not eating, eating his peaches and pruning his peaches, all right? He's not doing that. And that's how we picture this. That's not who he is. The gardener is God the Father. Can I help you with who God the Father is? God the Father is the one that spoke the world into creation. He is the Alpha and the Omega, my friend. He is the, he is the God of creation, the God of the Elohim. He's the God. That is who he is. That is our God. He is sovereign. He's omnipotent. He is everywhere, man. He's a great creator. He's the one that made you. It says in the scripture, let us make man in our own image. So God the Father, God the Son, and the God the Holy Spirit made us, knit us together. In Psalm 139, he says, I made you. I knit you together. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the God that's the gardener in John 15. Listen to me. Paxton referenced it earlier. Tonight, you need to go outside tonight at sunset, okay, and watch the big full moon come up. And I need some water. Big full moon come up. That thing, it's called the harvest moon, okay? It's called the harvest moon. So listen to me. God that raises that up, God that lets the moon come up. The moon comes up when whom? Elohim says come up. God the creator says come up. The moon comes up. All right, all right? And I'm telling you, the stars come out. Can I, can I say something to you? Go outside and look up at the stars. In Psalm 137, the Bible says this, that the creator, God himself, the God Elohim, the one that created it, hung every one of those stars up there, and guess what? He gave them all a name. He gave them all a name. You walk out. And you look up and you go, wow. Harvest moon comes up when, when God Elohim says come up. The stars are hung by him and they each have a name. And you look at that and you go, but you know what? I have a name. And you know what? He knows my name. If I'm connected to the one true vine, that means I'm joint heirs with him. I've been adopted into his family. I'm now not an enemy, but I'm a friend. 
I now have a place at the table of the Lord's. Not because of what I've done, okay, but because of what he did for me. While I was yet a sinner, lost, a mess, deserving nothing but the penalty for my sins, Christ died for me. He died for me. He gave me a hope and a purpose. He's my, he is my God, the God Elohim, who knows the stars, knows me. Understand something, how great that is. John 15, you've got to establish who's present. Number one, Jesus, the one true vine. But the gardener, the overseer, the one who calls the shots, ultimately knows my name. He knows my name. Can I just say something to you? There is not another God. Not another, thank you. Not another God in this world. None of them. You name them all. They're just man-made puppets propped up. There's not another God who honed the stars and put them up there and calls them by name. There's not another God that knows their name except our God. See, I'm known by my God. Buddha's not going to speak someone's name. It's not going to happen. But my God knows my name. He knows my name. So here's the big question for you this morning. Do you trust God? I'm gonna pause here and take another drink. I'm gonna let you sit with that question. Do you trust God? You say, well, Jeff, I'm sitting in church. Well, yes, I trust God. I'm well aware of where you're sitting, okay? I'm looking at you. It's real easy right now, sitting in church, coming right out of worship, being reminded of who God is in the stars, that he hung the stars, for me to say, do you trust God? But let me say it like this. In the good times, you trust God? In the bad times, do you trust God? In the hard times, do you trust God? In the dark times, do you trust God? In the stormy times, do you trust God? Do you? Let me help you with something. <laughs> God does not change. He's the same God who will raise up the September harvest moon tonight. He tells it when to come up. He's the same God when the stars become visible. He says in his word, I know those stars and I named them and hung them there. But greater than that, I know your name and I know where you're at. That's the same God in hard times, good times, rough times, stormy times that still got you. Do you trust God? Do you trust him? Do you trust him? We are called as the church, listen to me, we are called as the church to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Are you, am I being the church that God wants us to be? See, when I go through hard times and bad times and stormy times, hey, guess what? He doesn't change, I don't need to change, 
I need to trust him, and I gotta continue to be the light. I can't wait for the times to be good for me to come out of hiding. Listen to me. The darker the dark, the lighter the light, may free. When darker it is, the more the light shines, baby. And listen to me. Right now, it's probably some of the darkest times of us as a country. It has been stormy and dark and hard for about 18 months. Confusing, a lot of stuff out there, a lot of misinformation, a lot of confusing stuff. People don't know what to do because it changes every day. It's very frustrating. There's a lot going on. But can I tell you something? The God of Elohim, the creator, he's been in control the whole time. He doesn't change like shifting sand, all right? He's got the moon coming up right on schedule. He's got the stars hanging out right on time, and he still knows their name. He knows your name and right where you're seated. He has got you, the little church, and us, the big church, positioned for such a time as this. Telling you, man, you've got to understand that God's got the church. He's got it. He's got it little church. He's got his big church. The question is, does the little church and does the big church trust God? He's got us right where he wants us to be in such a confusing, crazy time. And why? Because he wants to show off the church like never before. He, he has got the church position in such a way that all through all this stuff, you know what needs to be rising up? The church. You know what needs to be very visible? The church, individually and corporately. Because listen to me, here's a big thing. We're not called and we're not, we're not commanded by God to survive. We are called and commanded to God by God to thrive. And I'm gonna say something to you. It is high time the church understands its position right now. It is no time to fold in the tents, fold in the doors, hunker down, hide out, and wait for better times. No. Jesus said, listen, in this world, you're going to have a tough time, man. I'm sorry. In this world that you're passing through, you'll have hard times, dark times, confusing times, stormy times. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I've set you where I set you to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And it says in Scripture, don't take a lamp and hide it. You put it out there for display. You let it shine light for everyone. So I'm going to tell you, some of us are in places at work, in our, in our neighborhoods, and where our schools and our kids and in sports and all this other stuff that, man, all around you, <laughs> all around you is an absolute mission field. Because here's what happens when you're connected to the one true vine. Guess what's pumping through you? Yeah, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, I will give you peace, not as the world gives you, but so I give you. The world can't give you peace. I give you peace. You have got a position given by God right, to be the church. My question continues to be right now in the world, where is the church? Where's the church? Wake up, church. 
wake up, bride, wake up, my soul, wake up, church, wake up, the bride, wake up, wake up. You are sitting right here for such a time as this. God is wanting to throw the doors wide open and let the church be all that God intended for it to be. And our question is, in this time, do we understand who the gardener is, the Father, Elohim, the God of creation? He's got the church. He said, I'll never drop the church. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You gotta ask yourself, man, do I trust God? Do I trust God? That even when I find myself in bad times and hard times and good times and stormy times, all the times of life, I never change like shifting sand. He doesn't change. He continues to be God. I fix my eyes on him and be all that God wants me to be. So let's see who else is present. We have God, we have God the Son, Jesus. He's the one true vine. We have God the Father, who is the gardener, okay? Now look at verse four. Let me read it to you again. It says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit by your, unless you remain in me. So remain in me. What is he talking about, remain in me? Well, it's pretty simple. All those aspirins that you see grow, they're growing from one tap root, sap. I mean, that one root is producing all of that. Listen, when I give my life to Jesus, when I'm saved, when I'm born again, I am grafted into the one true vine. I didn't do that. He did that. And so in me, the branch, become, I become, I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. That's what gives me life. I was once dead, but now I'm alive in Christ Jesus, right? Why am I alive? Because the Holy Spirit of God is pumping through me. Why? Because that's what happens at salvation. Immediately when I pray and receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, supernaturally, I become a new creation. Old is gone, new has come. I have the vine. I am connected to the one true vine. He is pumping juice through me. It's called the Holy Spirit of God. If I'm connected to the vine and I remain in the vine, I will bear much fruit. But apart from the vine, I can do nothing. He is my source. Let me show you. I got to take you on a lot of scriptures here. Go to Ephesians. You need to lick your fingers because they're going to be all over the place. I got about six of them real fast. I want to shotgun them to you. Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians one, look at 13 and 14. And you also, right, were included in Christ. Most important part there is in Christ. Why? Because you're in the true vine at salvation. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, Having believed, you're marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who for the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So when you get saved and you give your life to Christ, you are grafted into the one true vine. What takes what, what comes inside of you is the Holy Spirit. He now puts that Holy Spirit in you, the deposit guaranteeing your inheritance in heaven. You now move from heaven, from hell to heaven. 
You have eternal life because of what? Because of the gift of Calvary, what Jesus did on the cross for you, all right? Go to Ephesians 5. I mean, in Galatians 5. You have a Bible like mine. It's one page back, all right? Galatians chapter 5. So the Holy Spirit's living inside of me. That's a good thing. That's a real good thing, all right? So look at verse, uh, Galatians 5, look at verse 17. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to sinful nature. They are in conflict with one another. Oh, amen. All the time, all right? So they do not do what they want to do. You ever been there? Am I the only one? I do it, and I'm like, ugh, that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't mean to do that. I used to tell my mom all the time, Mom, I didn't mean to say that. She's like, out of the old flow of the heart, mouth speaks. Was that your mouth? Mm-hmm. Came from your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, that little hiney is going to help your lips, all right? So she tear up my hiney. I'm like, I didn't mean to do it. What am I supposed to do, spank your brother for that? Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, that's how it works. I, I came from me, and I don't want to do it. It just started coming up, and I'm like, whoop, that's because it's in me. Because what's in the well comes up in the pail, amen, every time. So look at verse 18. But if you, that's a big but, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. But if you're led by the Spirit, all right, at salvation, the Holy Spirit comes inside of me, all right, supernaturally born again, just like that. It's the deposit guaranteeing my inheritance. I'm not going to hell because I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Why? Because the deposit of the Holy Spirit is testifying to his spirit that he knows me and I know him. He knows my name. But I got to be led by that spirit. Look at, go down a little bit to Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the spirit, mm-hmm, let us keep in step with the spirit. Okay, let me help you with something. I've got to be controlled by the Spirit, amen? James says, no one can control the tongue. It is evil and deadly poison. But the maker, creator, Elohim of my tongue, he can control it. He can control that. Mama said, bite your tongue, all right? If that's what you need to do, do it. But I'm saying this. How about surrender the tongue and let the Holy Spirit own the tongue and and this tongue will get under the control of the Holy Spirit and it won't lead you, you'll lead it. Too many people I know are led by their tongue. Hmm, that ain't good. Now, so go back to John. Let's look a little bit more. Getting a little deep now that we get to the Holy Spirit part, isn't it? John 16, look at verse 7. John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth. That's a good thing to be told. It is for your goodness, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, the helper, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Go back a little bit to John 14, 26. Go back to 14, 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. What does that? Holy Spirit, all right? Who's the gardener? Elohim, God the creator, boss, his tree, creator, all right? He, you're connected to the vine. You start becoming all that God wants you to be, but always remember this. You're connected to the vine. You have the Holy Spirit pumping through you, but who's the gardener? God the Father. That means he can speak to that tree anytime he wants to about anything, anytime. John 16, 12. Look at that, just down from a little bit. I have much to say to you. I'm gonna read 13 also. Uh, I have much to say to you, more than you can bear now, but when the spirit of truth Remember where it comes from. Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He won't speak on his own authority. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Let me help you with how this works. In this scripture, it says, remain in me. Some translations will say, abide in me, okay? Abide simply means this, to make my home in you. So here I am, I get saved, I'm born again, I follow the Lord in believer's baptism, and I start becoming all the tree that God wants me to be. I'm, ta I'm tapped in, grafted in to the one true vine. I'm a joint heir with Christ, the deposit of the Holy Spirit is in me, guaranteeing my inheritance in heaven, all right? But God the Father, Elohim, the creator is hovering over me. It is his job to speak through the Holy Spirit into my life concerning what I look like as a tree. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Abide in me. You're connected to the vine. Once you are genuinely, genuinely, genuinely saved, the scripture says, no one can pry you out of the Father's hand. Nobody. No one. So you're in, but you got to get tapped in and stay tapped in and ask the Holy Spirit to keep in step with you. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit daily. You got to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, keep in step, be filled, die to self. Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit and flush out all of Jeff because, woo, just bad, but you are good. And that's how you got to walk every day. God, I want to keep in step with you. If I'm keeping in step with somebody, what should I do? Stand there and watch? Dude, they're going to be in Perryton before I ever start, all right? If you're going to keep in step with somebody, you got to keep moving. God is on the move. God is moving. His church should be moving, little and big. But you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you get saved, here's the deal. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you. So here's the question. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Well, the simple answer to that is yes. If you've been born again, if you've been saved, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Amen? Scripture says that. We looked at it in Ephesians. This deposit inside of us guaranteeing our inheritance in heaven. Why do you get to heaven? Because you're saved and you're born again, all right? So you have the Holy Spirit. That is salvation. That's when Jesus, the one true vine, he becomes your savior. He saved you. It's not by works. All right, that I did is because of him, a free gift. All right, he did that. So he's my savior. But there's a big question of 
do you have the Holy Spirit? The big question is, does the Holy Spirit have you? See, that's a whole nother question because the Holy Spirit has to have you in order for you to be filled, keep in step daily with the Holy Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and it's no longer you being the boss, that's when the Holy Spirit becomes the Lord of your life, the boss of your life, and everything, everything runs through him. So now the gardener, the father, knows you're connected through salvation through the Holy Spirit, through the true, true vine. So the Holy Spirit has you. He's filled you. He's yours. You've surrendered. We looked at Joshua a couple weeks ago. You yielded your heart. You said, God, I, I, I'm nothing but you're everything. I must decrease, you must increase. Less of me, more of you. I can't control the tongue. I surrender my life to you. I pray, God, that you will baptize my tongue in the Holy Spirit of God so I don't quit popping off my mouth. God, I need you to do that. My feet will get me in trouble. God, will you baptize my feet in the Holy Spirit of God so my feet go the right places? And some of us have not surrendered our lives and given our lives totally over to the Holy Spirit of God so the Holy Spirit of God can become the boss of our life. So when the father, the gardener, says, <clears throat> excuse me, tree, that limb right there, that needs to go. I'm, I'm telling you right now, that, that limb's not going. Excuse me? That's my limb. I made that limb. I like that limb. Me and that limb, we buds, all right? We go everywhere together. I like that limb. I don't want to give up that limb. You can't tell me what to do. That's not your limb. You mind your own business. Excuse me? I am Elohim, the God of creation. I made you. And if I send word down through the real vine, the true vine, and the Holy Spirit that runs through you, that's a free gift from me, illuminates an area that needs to be pruned or cut, you need to say, yes, sir. See, the problem is we don't understand who's present here. See, <laughs> when, I, when I watch this, sometimes if you're not careful, you see Gardner as a 97-year-old old man that's trying to cut all the fun stuff of your life out. And so when you have to get cut or pruned in an area and, and God's removing something in your life and you think, I can't live without this, and God says, I'm sorry, but you can. Not only can you live without it, you'll live better without it because you gotta trust me. Uh-oh. I trust you in church when everything was going great and, and all this other stuff. No, now you gotta trust me because see, what we're gonna see is it's not a question of do you want me to cut and do you want me to prune this? It's not a question mark. You won't find a question mark in verse two. He says, I'm gonna cut it or I'm gonna prune it, all right? And you gotta understand that if he calls that shot and does that, you gotta trust him. So that means you gotta understand who the gardener is. He's the one true vine. I mean, he's, he's, God, he's God the Father, the gardener. He's the one that owns the tree. This is his. You're connected through the one true vine, through Jesus, his son, because why? His son died for you. You don't have life without Jesus. And you need to make sure the Holy Spirit of God is tapped into you. And not only do you have the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has you. 
So when the Holy Spirit illuminates an area of your life, you say, you're the boss. You're the boss. I don't see it right now, but I trust you. I don't get it, but I trust you. This hurts, but I trust you. And I'm gonna tell you something. A tree left to itself, mm, become a mess. A tree that gets pruned on and loved on by the Father will be beautiful, beautiful. John 15 is a beautiful text, and it's gonna flow gorgeous, but if you don't understand the three people present, you're gonna struggle. God the Father is not a 97-year-old man in a straw hat and overalls, cutting rose bushes. He's God Elohim. The one true vine is Jesus. He's your life source. The world doesn't feed you. He feeds you. You got to get connected to him. You're connected to him how? Salvation. Does the Holy Spirit have you? I don't know. That's your question. All right? Yes, it gets in you at salvation. The question is not when did you get it, but does it have you? Is it the boss? All right? I want to ask you to stay in church. As the worship team comes out, if you're, on the work, if you're on the ministry team, I'm gonna invite you to come down. Pretty simple this morning. Three people present in John chapter 15. Do you trust the Father, the gardener? Are you connected to the one true vine? And if you're connected to the one true vine, the Holy Spirit's coming up and living inside of you. It's a source. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, surrendered to the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit your boss? Are you still telling the Holy Spirit what to do, or is it telling you what to do? Because you'll become all that God intended for you to be if the Holy Spirit has you, all right? So as we pray, make sure the three people present at creation are the same three people presently created and structured in your own life. Know who the Father is. Know you're connected to the one true vine through salvation. And make sure that the Holy Spirit of God is what you're surrendered to and filled with daily that you're keeping in step with. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, you're good. I pray for all those online as well, God. I pray that they understand that the gardener, is the God of all creation. God, I pray that the people in the house and online understand that the one true vine is Jesus. And what's pumping through us that salvation is the Holy Spirit of God. And God, apart from you, we can do nothing. So God, today, you have us where you want us. Whatever the Holy Spirit has said today, I pray, Father, we say yes to that in obedience to you. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's worship. If you need to come for any reason, you come. If you need prayer, you come as well. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.